and welcome to the Hearth and Hedge podcast, where we share conversations about witchcraft and our daily lives. My name is Amberly, And I'm Margot, and we are very happy to have you today. Today is our first episode with our brand new co-host, Margot. We're so happy to have you today. Hi. We're going to share some fun stories about being witches in the 90s and the yes. big difference between witches in the 90s and witches in 2022. It's uh, very different. So Margo, why don't you start out by telling us about yourself and maybe, I don't know, your first most influential book. Okay, I will do that. So um, as of now, I'm an eclectic witch uh, of roughly 24 years. I would say that I started out around the age of 16. As a 90s kid, I started out in Wicca because back then there was very little available other than Wicca. I got my hands on my very first book, which was Wicca, A Guide for the Solitary Practitioner by Scott Cunningham, probably around the age of 16. I believe that was also the time where I went to the movie theaters with my friends and bought a ticket for a kid-friendly movie, but snuck in to see the craft. These, these things were happening around the same time. I had a lot of influ other influential things from media. Um, Charmed was on TV. So was Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Willow was coming into her witchiness. And I had discovered Scott Cunningham's, you know, A Guide for the Solitary Practi Practitioner. So that is where I started out. Things made a lot of sense to me in that book at the time. Um, I was raised Catholic, but a lot of what I was being taught throughout my childhood and teen years um, just didn't really resonate with me, um, which is, I think, uh, something that I have in common with a lot of people in the community. So when I found Wicca, things started to really click. And I stayed kind of in there for a few years. You know, I um, read more Scott Cunningham. I tried my hardest to do the Wicca A Year and a Day by Timothy Roderick and I got Buckland's complete book of witchcraft and I tried really hard to get through all of that. 24 years later I still have trouble finishing some books uh, <laughs> but little by little I started to branch out and discover other traditions, uh, look a little more into the traditions that uh, are more relevant to my cultural upbringing and started to stray, I guess, from Wicca, which I believe a lot of people end up doing. They either go hard and stay in it and get initiated and join a coven and all that amazing stuff, or they use it as a stepping, first stepping stone and they discover their own very personalized practice over years of doing tons of research and letting their curiosity lead them. So that is where I am now. I would not consider myself a Wicca anymore. I've strayed very, very, very far from that. So I would absolutely call myself an eclectic because I have basically studied as much as I could get my hands on in, as, in the amount of time that I've had to do that. And I will continue to do that. And my practice will evolve along with my knowledge. Great. So do you still watch the craft now? <laughs> yes. And I watched the new one twice. I had to watch it a second time to make sure I really felt how I felt about it. It's not that great. It's not that great. <laughs> Can we say I that? I haven't. Yeah, yeah, you can absolutely. Oh, man. It's, it's like bonus material. You know, when you read a good book and then the movie comes out and it doesn't matter if the movie is going to be a real stinker. You're going to go see it just because it's like bonus material for a book that you love. 
Yeah. So I thought I looked at the new movie like bonus material for the original movie, which I do still love. Um, yeah, I love that movie. Yeah. But the new one, uh, uh, that's a, kind of a stinker, but it's yeah. still fun. It's still fun. Fun. It's fun. Yes. Fun <laughs> is a good word for it. Yeah. <laughs> It's not my favorite either. So Margot and I are actually very close in age. Margot has a year on me. Um, so both of us grew up pretty much around the same time. The craft was definitely huge in my in my life, and I didn't have any Scott coming. Scott, bloop, 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 bloop. Let me try that one again. Scott Cunningham. I read. <laughs> I read a lot of. Uh, DJ Conway and Silver Ravenwolf and Starhawk, of course. Yes. Uh, I was actually looking at my... Yeah, Spiral Dance, actually. I need to get a new copy of that. I don't know what happened to my copy. Ran away somewhere. Uh, But those are all great books. We kind of touched on this the other night when Margo and I were were actually together and chit-chatting about stuff. And Margo was telling me that a lot of the older books are kind of coming under fire. Yes, they Uh, are. You want to... Yeah, you want to tell us a little more about that? So, um, I believe it was on Pathios. A lot of listeners might recognize this name. Uh, I believe it started with a another practitioner, actually a thelemite uh, by the name of Georgina Rose, uh, wrote an article on Pathios about the kind of a crisis in the community where younger people are involved, and it's a rise in anti-electual anti-intellectualism because there are so many I guess we'll call them teachers but the problem is that not a lot of them are qualified to be teachers but there are so many teachers on social media specifically witch talk Instagram all over the place that are providing information for young practitioners where they can get hard and fast information a quick lesson you know Mm -hmm. and they're really relying on these people to give them the information that they want rather than cracking open a book The problem with that is, and and I'm not saying this about everyone, because I'm sure that there are a lot of very well-educated and very practiced and very knowledgeable teachers on social media. However, there's no prerequisite required for you to teach whatever you want on social media. You could teach complete nonsense and somebody might take that as writ. So the issue is the younger practitioners are kind of having a a backlash or creating a backlash against more traditional forms of learning, such as books. (laughs) Just opening a book, you know? I I shouldn't be laughing. It just seems absolutely ridiculous. Right. And it it is. And you know what? And I forgot who said it. Um, It was a political commentator who said that we are supposed, supposed to be in the age of information, but I think we left the age of information and entered the age of influence. So an influencer who has access to millions of people has access to these young practitioners and can just tell them basically whatever they want. And that's an issue. Uh, And another reason why, especially some of the older occult books are falling out of popularity is because they were written decades ago. And because since they're written decades ago, they're not quite as woke as brand new newly published Mm -hmm. books are you know there's an issue with books that talk about using white sage and using the term smudging or 
paying far too much, being far too influenced by the duality of the divine feminine and the divine masculine, which some people don't like, even though I personally believe that all of us have both. But some people don't like a major emphasis on splitting the feminine and the masculine, which I can understand. Uh, and then, it, you know, it, it, it runs the gamut. Some of these books have language in them that's now considered slurs, you know? So on top of the younger practitioners wanting to get their information from social media rather than books, they're also there's also an issue of creating book blacklists, mm. lists of books that we should not read because they committed these various crimes. Uh, and this is a problem because we're witches. We're not fascists. <laughs> we don't ban books. You know, we're not going to go there. Yeah. And despite the fact that some of these books might have their issues because of when they were written, that does not mean that they aren't still vital and essential to the education of a, of a young practitioner or any practitioner mm -hmm. for that matter. So it is, it is an issue. And, um, I honestly, I, I, I love the balls on Georgina Rose for, for addressing it and starting the defend occult books hashtag. I believe she's the one that defended it. And, and that is an issue because, you know, I've, I surrounded myself with some of these old books because I knew we were going to talk about old magic versus new magic today. And they're precious to me. <laughs> sure. There's, right. stuff, there's stuff in there that I don't adhere to and I don't use anymore because I've grown out of it and the world at large has grown out of it, but that doesn't mean that they're garbage by any, by any, by any means. Yeah. It doesn't mean that they don't have uh, useful information in them too. Right. Well, yes, there is a difference in opinion on how things, what things are socially acceptable now and what is not. There is still a foundation of knowledge that all of these authors really have. And I think that the younger generation, and by the way, I have a younger generation, which everyone knows that I'm not knocking the younger generation. And I don't think Margot is either. It's just that we find it important that people understand that the people that were writing books in the 90s actually knew what they were talking about just because they had some outdated practices or outdated thoughts on some things doesn't mean that the basis of their knowledge was incorrect yes exactly exactly and i'm definitely coming from a position of looking at the future of the community and wanting to wanting these younger practitioners to be able to become the future teachers in the community, but teach the real information and not something silly that they learned on Witch Talk, which unfortunately yeah. is sometimes the case. Yeah, witches don't hex the moon, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I'd like to see, no, 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 no. I was going to say I'd like to see you try, but I don't want anyone to try yeah, to do, do that <laughs> anymore. <laughs> But, ridiculous. but trust me, the moon can take care of itself. Yeah. So what do you think it was like your favorite book from your childhood? I know that this is going to start to sound repetitive, but it's going to be again, Wicca, a guide for the solitary practitioner practitioner. And there's a reason for that. So I started out very early uh, and then kind of hit the ground running. And then because of the outside influences in my life, I took a break, a long break from my spirituality. And when I decided that I was missing that part of my life and I really needed to re-explore it, 
I wanted mm -hmm. to start from the very beginning all over again. So once again, I started with a guide for the solitary practitioner. So the, that, that book was actually the, the jumping off point for me twice in my life because I really felt like I needed to like brush up on all the basics when mm -hmm. I picked it back up again. You know, I just went through a phase where I was questioning, my spirituality came into question, a relationship I was in did not allow me to um, be very truthful with who I was. You know, unfortunately, a lot of us fall into relationships like that when we're very young. And luckily, I got out of that situation and was able to find my way back to myself, which is very much my practice and my spirituality. So yeah, Scott, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Scott. Rest in peace, Scott. Yes, yes. I honestly can't say I've read a lot of Scott Cunningham's work. I feel terrible. I have his uh, incenses, the oils, and you have the same one. Yes. Yeah, he wrote, um, he wrote an encyclopedia, an herbal encyclopedia, a crystal and gem encyclopedia, and an encyclopedia of uh, incense, oils, and brews, I believe. Brews. Yeah, I think is the other word, yeah. Yes. That's the one I have. There's not a lot of books in, in this type of, of writing that are really start-to-finish readers, you know? Right. Um, most of them I, I feel like are pretty much reference books. Yeah. You One can, thing you can... I absolutely hate about new books is that they don't have an index. That drives me up the wall. It makes I, me want, I just want to oh. throw the book across the room. <laughs> yeah. Like, please put an index in your book. <laughs> One day I'm going to write a novel, like a, a murder mystery novel, and I'm going to put an index in the back of it just because. Good. Indexes yeah, are amazing. For, I think they're amazing and they're very important. By the way, everyone, Argo and I are both recording from home. So there is background noise. There are dogs. There are other humans in our household. We don't live in a studio. So um, that would be weird. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. You might hear um, what sounds like tiny people tap dancing all around me. And it's actually just my, my dog's claws on the hardwood floor. It's not a leprechaun. <laughs> no. Damn it. I'm not sure how I would feel about that, a... actually. So after Wicca, I actually, uh, I would say that the next step I took was Green Witchcraft. So Anne Mora's series, Green Witchcraft, uh, there's, I believe, four in that particular series. And then she went on to do more supplementary books. Um, but Green, it was definitely my next step, followed by Kitchen. Um, I have studied not too far into traditional witchcraft, which is mm -hmm. referred to as tradcraft. I, I want to gain a knowledge and appreciation for as many different types of traditions that there are. That's not to say that I'm going to practice any of them. Some of them are not open to me in order to practice them. And some of them just do not resonate with me. Uh, enough for me to feel comfortable trying it but that doesn't mean that I don't want to read all the things so I may have the knowledge of a particular practice but that mm -hmm. does not mean that I've ever applied it right so, so my collection right. of books really really run the gamut but personally I would say that 
Um, I'm an eclectic witch, um, which has a lot of influence in green witchcraft, a lot of kitchen witchery, some roots in Wicca, some hedge witchery, of course. And uh, lately I've been trying to get more familiar with the folklore and mythology of indigenous Puerto Ricans, which are known as Taino. Uh, I'm Puerto Rican, uh, which means that I am basically made up of Spanish, Portuguese, the natives, which are Taino, and um, different regions of Africa. So that opens up a whole world of places where I can continue to research, which is so much fun for me because I just want all the knowledge, you know, even Mm -hmm. trying to figure out how I could do my research as far as Spain and Portugal were concerned and finding out that pre-Christian, it was a Celtic nation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I hate feeling like I need permission to look into certain things, but sometimes I do feel that way. And I felt like it gave me permission to, you know, open up a new branch of research into Celtic folklore, mythology, and pagan practices. So right now I'm pretty much just studying everything I can get my hands on. That's awesome. I think yeah. studying is very, very important. And a uh, lot of that information was not available in the 90s. Yeah. There wasn't even like, I mean, I feel like so many different, obviously the practices were there, but I feel like there's a lot of new practices being named, I guess I should say. Yes. Uh, now, which is great, which is great. Absolutely. Uh, because, you know, there's, there's, there's positives and there's negatives to how mainstream witchcraft is currently becoming. And absolutely a positive is just all the books, more and more books. (laughs) So of course I want to hashtag defend occult books because I didn't grow up with all these books readily available all the time. You know, in the 90s, it was, like you said, Silver Ravenwolf, DJ Mm -hmm. Conway, Scott Cunningham, Starhawk. And you were lucky if you could find a place to buy them. Right. Exactly. Without being, getting, you know, nasty looks or, Mm -hmm. you know, when you check out, the person is like, really, you want to get this book? Yeah. (laughs) There was a new age section at the bookstore and Mm -hmm. in it was a dream dictionary a sun signs astrology book and maybe a Wicca book. Mm -hmm. So we've come a long way. (laughs) We have. Um, I actually went to a bookstore not long ago because I've been buying my stuff online, you know, like the rest of the world because of, you know, (laughs) Corona. (laughs) (laughs) What's that called? What's that called? I heard heard about it. I think (laughs) I heard about it somewhere. Oh my God, because of Corona, uh, I went, you know, I've been buying stuff online, but I actually went into a, a bookstore, Barnes and Noble, actually. And I was like, where's the new age section? They don't have that anymore. It's not called that anymore. <laughs> is it, is it actually, is there actually an occult section now? Or it's religion kind of and like, spirituality? It's kind of like the spirituality section. It's okay. next to self-help. Oh God. <laughs> That's what they think of us. We're one step away from. Yeah. It's like self-help, um, like relationship help, and then us. <laughs> and I don't know if that's all Barnes and Nobles or just mine. but <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I don't want to knock self-help books either, but no, there's, there's a lot all. of fun jokes that we can make 
uh, with the occult books being next to the self-help section. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? That if anything, true. that gives even more. I want to. I want to commend the authors of the '90s and before the '90s even more because they were really breaking ground for us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, they were writing on topics that were super taboo. You know, thank God for publishers like Llewellyn and Wiser Books, and or even self-published yes. authors. Hopefully, they're not self-publishing nonsense, but um, unfortunately, some of them are. But that's ugh, that's neither here nor there. But so, I just want to commend them even more because they paved the way for so many of us. Recently, Silver Ravenwolf has come under a lot of criticism. I believe some of the criticism has to do with her being uh, a little anti-Christian in some of her earlier books. Uh, and also the fact that she is a Wiccan and, and a lot of people are just not into Wicca anymore. And it's not as popular as it used to be. So it's fun to bash on popular things, I guess. I personally will be one of her defenders because I know that she opened the doors to so many people in the community. And yeah, uh, I think she deserves some respect for that. That's that's kind of the word though, is the respect. It's like respecting your elders. I realized that all of these, um, well, okay, there's a big difference between how you practiced in the 90s and how you practice now. Absolutely. Um, you know, in the 90s, you, you needed to have the things, right? Um, like an athene or uh, your tools. You had to have all your tools. tools. But, and you like... That's one thing I hated about the books that in the 90s, I always felt like I couldn't really practice because I couldn't afford to get all those things or all those things weren't available to me. Um, so in a way that witchcraft now is is much more accessible to everybody because it is more accessible yeah. to everybody. There's, <laughs> Anyone can do it. Yeah. There are more uh, authors you, that are just saying, get the Italian seasoning out of mm-hmm. the pantry and make some magic with it. Yeah. You know, yeah, and you good for them need... for saying that because hell yeah, to hell yeah, yeah to Italian seasoning. Um, and shout out to Temperance Alden. <laughs> She's the one that started the um, McCormick coven, <laughs> as in McCormick <laughs> seasoning. And I love right, it. Right, right, We don't need to make it that complicated. And, you know, when I, when I picked up Buckland's Complete Book of Witchcraft as a young practitioner starting out, it, it was overwhelming. I felt like I was getting um, a list of school supplies at the beginning of the school year, and I did not have money for the stuff that I needed to perform the right. rituals that were necessary. And yeah, it gets it gets overwhelming. And there's so many books now just saying like, listen, make friends with the plants that are outside. Mm-hmm. You know, look for rocks and minerals outside. Get in touch with the trees. You know, like yeah converse with spirit and you don't need fancy tools to do those things yeah spirit will listen to you even if you don't have a cauldron right it's gonna be okay um and and using things that you have also like the italian seasoning or Mm -hmm. the pot that you use all the time or your crock pot or you know your garden tools All of those things can be used in your practice. Your daily life can be used in your practice. Right. And that's to to say anyone who's interested in more folk practices and 
like especially kitchen witchery or green witchcraft um anyone who leans in those directions like we're talking to you because we understand that certain ceremonialists now that's you're gonna need some supplies for that (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah you're gonna need some supplies for high magic you're gonna need some supplies for Thelema, for example that's understood we're not saying you know to hell with anybody who says you need this this and that we're just saying if you want to dip your toes in and see how it feels you don't have to go broke and i'm sure that there are um representatives from those types of traditions out there that also can share ways for you to get in on the fun with a budget you know without having to buy all the best materials and i love that the community is going in that direction absolutely I guess what I'm saying is you don't have to be rich to be a witch. You can be a witch. <laughs> that should be on a t-shirt. Anytime. <laughs> right. It should be a t-shirt. Trademark. <laughs> That's our next merch. Yes. Our, I guess it'll be our first merch. <laughs> I know that um, from listening to previous episodes that you um, have touched on, you know, your beginnings and your path up to Mm -hmm. now but have you do you have any stories from the 90s specifically and starting out that stick out to you now I have a really funny one um I'm I'm not even sure if I want to talk about this but I but I will Uh, (laughs) so in the 90s I like scrounged up things from the house that could be used as like an athame and stuff. Mm -hmm. And one day my dad was out of town. And so that was when I could like do my, do my shit, you know? Right. (laughs) So I was in the living room. I had called the corners and I had all my stuff set up on my altar, which was the coffee table. And I was in my ceremonial garb. I was wearing like one of those, you know, dog, chokers that you had in the 90s was wearing like a pretty flowy sunflower dress my hair was all pretty I had like my super goth makeup on because I totally thought that I was goth like I really wanted to be the bleach blonde girl wanted to be so goth but it was I wasn't really bleach blonde my hair was actually just blonde um maybe sun bleached and I was like in there you know in my circle and then my fucking uncle came over (laughs) And he knocks on the door and I had to answer the door because it's my uncle. And I opened it and he just lost his shit laughing. (laughs) He was laughing so hard. I don't even remember. I don't remember anything past that point of like why he was there. Anything than that. He just looked at me and he was, he died. That's a great reaction. (laughs) That's a great reaction because. It could have been much worse. (laughs) Yes. It could have been much worse. And I'm sure that you probably did look hilarious to him but instead of you know deciding that this was some sort of like crisis moment he just decided to to, to laugh it off because he walked yeah. in on you doing doing some stuff <laughs> <laughs> uh uncle tom rest in peace <laughs> he was an amazing dude yeah i got caught red-handed 
I would go, you know, and I would read my book with my candle and my mm-hmm. incense burning. Anytime we went camping, I would try and do magic with the campfire. Fire scrying? Yeah. Usually that was what I was doing. Fire scrying. I was looking for dragons. Nice. Yeah, because DJ Conway had lots of them. Guardians, I guess, basically. Spirit guides were mostly dragons she had. And she was always talking about them. And I really, really wanted one. But in my brain, it was like I was actually going to manifest this tiny dragon that was going to follow me around, you know? Right. Which is kind of the way she made it sound, sort of, in her book. But obviously, now that I'm reading it, as I'm older, I understand it a little bit differently. I would also really like to have a dragon spirit guide. I was told once that I have a spirit guide that um, is an angelic being bathed in pink light. And I couldn't help thinking that was hilarious between the idea of an angelic being, considering I'm an ex-Christian, even though, you know, there's a lot of people who say that angels precede Christianity. But it's still not, I don't, you know, call on angels uh, or anything like that. And then on top of that, the color pink. It's just not something that you see me in on a regular basis. So uh, I don't get to choose. I've got a pink angel. That's awesome. I'm sure. I apparently have bluebirds and a white elephant. Nice. According to our dear friend Coco. Yes. That is exactly who told me about my pink angel. And by the way, I am still grateful for my pink angel. Yes, absolutely. I would love to have a pink angel. So do you have a 90s style spell to share with us today? I do. Not surprisingly, it's going to come from a Scott Cunningham book. Wow. I should have really mixed it up because this is like turning into the Scott Cunningham hour. It's okay if you like a thing. I just thought Don't this one... Don't be ashamed of it. <laughs> right. I am not ashamed of this. I thought it was actually really cute. It's very simple, and it's something that you do outside. A lot of us need to get outside more than we do. Trust me, it'll make you feel better. The trees are giving off terpenes. Suck those in. It's a clover spell, and it is uh, a wish-granting spell. So... Initially, I I read through this and I was like, wow, this is going to be hard because it requires you to find five four-leaf clovers, which is not a thing that many people are capable of doing. I haven't found one in my life, even though my husband has found several. It's just not in the cards for me. So I decided that you could do this with flower petals, Mm -hmm. Um, any kind of early spring flower is out right now. So if you can't find a four-leaf clover and you don't want to just use a regular three-leaf clover, then by all means, pick a flower, get permission, and (laughs) use flower petals. So I'm going to go ahead and read this short little uh, spell. When you desire a wish to be granted, go to a hill on which the four-leaved clover grows. Pluck five of them by their stems and hold them up to the sky, saying, Lord of the day, lady of the night, may you smile upon my right. Then face north, and as you throw one clover in that direction, state your wish. Then repeat the procedure to the east, south, and west. When finished, face north again and eat the fifth clover. 
as it has become a part of you and your life, so too will your wish. Now, if you're working with flower petals and you're not sure that the flower that you have in your hand is edible, simply save that last petal and leave it on your altar so that it can do some manifesting work for you as it sits on your altar. Um, I thought of another version of the spell for people who can't practice outside because you're in a crowded area and you just don't want to look like you've lost your mind. Totally respectable. <laughs> you can just use five pieces of paper, write down those wishes, and leave them in the four corners of your house or your room, and leave that fifth piece of paper on your altar also. Or you could burn it and send it out into the ether. But um, that is another Scott Cunningham special. Wonderful. Thank you, Scott Cunningham. <clears throat> um, I'm going to share a little bit newer of a spell. Um, it's actually an adaptation from a spell out of the Holy Wild, which is a heathen Bible for the untamed woman by Danielle Dolsky. It's really amazing. Um, I believe yes. you have this, Margo. I am working on getting it. I'm a little ashamed of myself for not having it. Um, but I am going to order it. I actually just ordered another book called witches, heretics and warrior women that I, Ooh, have, been, I have that one too. Oh, I, I was waiting for that one to become available. I ordered it yesterday. I should have ordered the Holy wild because I feel like I need to read them together mm -hmm. because they feel like they just go together. Yeah. I'm actually doing that. I'm reading this one, the, um, uh, the Holy Wild, the witches, harrier, witches, heretics, and warrior women. And I'm also reading um, Women Who Run with the Wolves. Yes. Um, and it's nice because that one is a deep read. It's yes. not, a, you can't sit down and read it for a long time. You'll, your brain would explode. Well, mine would. I don't know. There are some people that I'm sure could do it, but I can't. Um, so I kind of have to split it up with something a little bit easier <laughs> right I shouldn't say easier but um I don't know something that lighter lighter yeah yes lighter will work because uh, that's a pretty heavy book yes. Um, yes, yes her writing is beautiful that is an amazing author and I wish I could think of her name right now I just can't <clears throat> um but anyway so this story this story the story begins with you doing a spell not a story at all um, you're going to need a uh, paper, pen, or a pencil. I like to use, when I do my magic, I like to use sparkly pens because I like sparkly things. And you'll need a lighter and a cauldron and four candles representing the four uh, cardinal directions. Um, you can use white. You don't have to pick any other color, uh, but you'll need four. So you're going to sit in the center of your room facing south and call to the corners and in your circle and write down three wins that you've had recently. And by wins, I mean easy. It, they don't have to be huge. It could be like, I got out of bed this morning. Sometimes that is a huge win for me. Or I finished the dishes before I sat down to watch TV, which I usually don't have that win. My husband is looking at me right now like, when are you going to have that win? <laughs> but little things like that, they can be huge wins. I just graduated college. Or right. well, I didn't, but I'm saying that could be a good win. I did graduate, just not just. It's been a while. But you're going to write those wins down, and you're going to give them a name. I love the way 
Danielle Tulski writes this. She calls this spell a funeral pyre for what was um, a magic spell of letting go. But instead of letting go of hard things, you're like honoring the good things, right? She says that you should name these small acts as something bigger. Like, I got out of bed this morning was the battle of the darkest night. Oh, wow. So you're making it a big accomplishment. Hell yeah. So you're going to write down these things and then you're going to say, I am the warrioress, come home and I am honoring whatever you just named, right? So the battle of the darkest night, we'll just use that one. This like actually gives me chills. I don't know why. I love that. Any other kind of like, think Homer's Odyssey, like that kind of a name, you know, and you're going to say, I am the warriors come home. I am honoring yada, yada. Then you're going to light the paper with the South facing candle and put it in your cauldron or your fire safe bowl and watch it burn. Okay. So it says, notice how you feel um, about that, about how you're, you're honoring the small things and continue on with the other pieces of paper. You're going to do three things. And then you can meditate on it, but sit with your feelings, sit with your spell, sit with your emotions after that. And then before you finish and you open your circle, stand facing the South and affirmate, there is victory in every action. I love that. So mode it be. I absolutely love that. I'm yeah, I can think to... of several people that should do that spell right now. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to try to start my day earlier, and if I can, get out of bed earlier than normal. I'm going to call it Conquering the Beast of Time. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Or something cooler if I can give myself a little more time to think of it. (laughs) I mean, that's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I love that. Why not celebrate the little victories? Yeah, because sometimes that's all we can do. Right. (laughs) Absolutely. Sometimes large victories are not... Yeah. In our future. Sometimes the victory is I didn't pop off and lose it today. Mm-hmm. I did not strangle my coworker. <laughs> I did not throw my laptop through the window. Yeah. I did <laughs> slam my phone on my desk, but I did break it. <laughs> Margo, since we didn't ask earlier, what are you drinking today? Uh, I am drinking daily beauty tea. It is a blueberry lavender tea blend by the Republic of Tea. They are not a sponsor, but wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah. But I'm still going to talk up this tea because it, because it is a collagen-promoting blue butterfly pea flower, skin-protecting schisandra, hydrating hibiscus flower, as well as rosehip, bamboo, lavender, and blueberry. And it's absolutely delicious, and it's a beautiful purple color. Wonderful. That sounds amazing. I love butterfly pea. It makes tea more magical. It really does. And what are you drinking? Um, I am drinking Season of the Bitch. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> by Backwoods Botanicals. Love her. Um, yeah. Uh, Tabitha, our friend Tabitha, makes this amazing tea. And it is formulated specifically for women when they are on their period. And I am. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Must be the season of the bitch. It is the season of the bitch. <laughs> what so, a great name! But it's for that great. Tea blend. It's great tea. <laughs> it's got 
chamomile and uh, hibiscus and there's some ginger so it's got a little bite and vervain and a few other things but it's really delicious it's nice and herby i believe it has cramp bark in it which is just yes the most hilarious ingredient in any menstruating person's tea to help them alleviate the pains associated with that uh cramp bark it was it was it was meant to be maybe they named it for that reason i don't know maybe uh but let me tell you i had major cramps earlier and the uh the tea really did help. So good job, Backwoods Botanicals. You can find Backwoods Botanicals on Etsy and on uh, Instagram. I believe that I have several posts about Backwoods Botanicals on the Hearth and Hedge Instagram page. Yes. I just got my hands on some Rainbow Road, which I cannot oh. wait to try. I cannot yeah, wait I to try too. that. I can't wait to try it either. It's so pretty. It's almost, it almost makes me sad to brew the tea because it's so beautiful to look at. Right. It's absolutely stunning. It looks like a treasure box of jewels, but it's actually yeah. tea. It also looks like something you could eat directly out of the tin, but yes. you're supposed to pour hot water on it. It would get in your teeth. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I do know one of our, one of our um, fellow witches uses them on her altar as offerings <clears throat> oh that's a great Just idea because, yeah they're so beautiful but then i think they're so delicious too mm-hmm. wouldn't want to waste them <laughs> so what's your current read right now my current read is earth magic by Dodie graham mckay it is from the elements of witchcraft series there is a water magic and air magic and a fire magic already out Uh, I bought all four at the same time and decided that I wanted to start with Earth Magic because it was winter and it's now spring. So I really need to get a move on and finish so that I can start the next one in the series. Uh, And when I am finished, I'll be reviewing it. So I'm looking forward to doing that. Awesome. Yeah, I look forward to your review. So I did already say what I was reading, but I will tell you. Again, <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm reading The Holy Wild by Danielle Dolsky, uh, Women Who Run With the Wolves, uh, which is really just a great, it's a great collection of stories uh, by Clarissa Pinkola Estes. And which is heretics and warrior women. Yes, which is... <laughs> This is not because we're having major malfunctions. It's because we own more books than we can read. Yes. Uh, and I'm constantly reading at least three. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, so, yes, this is Witches, Heretics, and Warrior Women uh, by Phoenix LeFay. Yes. And they're all wonderful reads, and I love them. Uh, but definitely, they're really great to read together. Absolutely. So yeah. I love clustering like two or three books together as a theme and -hmm. reading them together, you know, and that's a great trio, I believe for anyone who wants to. Yeah. And actually uh, I'm, I'm adding in a fiction book. Oh, uh, the once and future witches, which my, my super friend Margo let me borrow. So that seems like a pretty good theme. It's all about women, strong women. It really is. It takes place during the time of the suffragettes and plays with the idea of some of the suffragettes being witches, which I love. 
it hooked me. I, you know, I needed to buy it and read it immediately once I read the little description. Yeah, I'm super excited to to crack that one open. So, um, actually, I think we can go ahead and talk about it. Margo and I are also part of another project called Witch in Words, uh, because we clearly love books. Yes. <laughs> Uh, you can find Witch and Words on Instagram, and basically it's a group of witches, and we read books, and then we tell you about them. Yes. We are joined by three other witches, uh, and we are all over the country, which makes it even cooler. I don't know why. It just does. <laughs> and we read whatever it is we want, and we post about it on Instagram. We do reviews and just appreciation posts for anything witchy including books but we'll also be reviewing local metaphysical shops oh that's why it's so cool that we're all around the all over the country because we can review metaphysical shops retreats festivals from various different locations rather than being stuck in one spot uh what else will we be reviewing yeah local metaphys stores uh decks card decks decks yes i know that Margot is going to be doing reveals of the Witch's Moon, I, I believe. I will. I will be. Um, or um, at least tell us how she feels about it. Hint, hint. I love it. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> <laughs> and and we've already really? had we already have a couple reviews up. I posted my review actually. Um, well, I'll say today, but when this is uh, published, it will be a few days old. But it was on uh, by Rust of Nail and Prick of Thorn by Althea Sebastiani, which is um, a favorite of mine. I also have a review up, but I don't remember what it was. But you can find it at <laughs> yeah. Witch and Words. Find oh, no, it was The Witch's Name by uh, Storm yes. Fairy Wolf. Yes. Um, and that was a great book. If you are looking to name yourself, to give yourself a witch's name, I highly recommend it. It's yeah. very cool. Very cool. And our fellow reviewer, Diane, uh, reviewed The Herbiary, which is a book and a supplementary oracle deck on the magic of herbs by Maya Tolp. Um, it is very popular and mm -hmm. very beautiful. I believe all of us own it, actually, and yeah. it is really stunning it's a stunning deck it's a stunning book well worth it all of these things will be um linked on the show notes which is a good segue into you can find us on facebook and instagram at the hearth and hedge and by april 25th we will have published our our website which do is mean, so do you mean march 25th i do mean march 25th okay. i was like wow I don't she just mean gave april. me a whole extra month to work on the website <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sorry. I'm wishing I'm wishing the time away because yeah. I'm really excited about mini anahadas. Same. Same. <laughs> That's something we have coming up that we will discuss on the podcast because it's going to be amazing. If it it's anything like the big anahadas. Yeah. You can check out our new uh, website at thehearthandhedge.com. And, of course, you can always email us at thehearthandhedge at gmail.com. You know, well, thank you. I'm so excited, Margot. I'm very excited also. Yeah. And I was just going to say that we started off wanting this episode to be um, completely about old versus new witchcraft, but uh, it, it kind of evolved into we're obsessed with books and, and this is why. <laughs> yes. 
So read them. <laughs> Open a book. And there is this wonderful thing called Audible now. If oh, you don't yeah. want to actually read it, you can listen to it. Yeah, you don't have to read it. <laughs> Somebody can read it to you. Yeah. I think there's even like apps that will just read a book to you. Like you, you scan the page and it'll read it to you. Really? Wow. So no excuses, people. Read them books. <laughs> take workshops. Do coven work. Take, yeah. take uh, classes from people who have the background necessary mm-hmm. to be a really good instructor. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of really good instructors, we will be interviewing Frankie Castanea, who yes. is a chaotic witch aunt on TikTok and Instagram. Coming One of the soon. TikTok influencers who actually is careful about yes. the information that she shares and does take the time to teach her community the real real (laughs) yeah yeah so definitely check her out Uh, but we're really excited for that interview that'll be coming up in the next couple episodes thank you for listening viewers viewers (laughs) (laughs) i'm leaving that in (laughs) they might be viewers thank you for viewing listeners (laughs) and we'll see you next time bye Thank you.